It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Reality. And that's maybe the reality that. It's reality that. I'm alone and shouldn't be married. You know, that's, that's a whole lot worse. And I think it's a, it's a realignment and we'll be better after the realignment. Yeah. Phil, we haven't uh, heard from you too much yet, I think, other than the, uh, the head, the hair coming in there. Thanks yeah. <clears throat> the so I see 2021, I think it's, I was talking to some gentlemen this morning on another zoom and uh, I think 2021 is going to be, a case of if you really want it, you're going to get it. And if you're lazy or not motivated, I don't think you're going to get it at all. I think you're going to suffer. And, um, you know, I think it's all going to be about mindset and where your mind goes with things. I mean, are you going to go ahead and reach for those opportunities that are present, presented to you and laid before your feet? Or are you just going to ignore them and carry on in your comfortable little lifestyle and carry on throughout your day day to day? I think that um, I'm a little bit inverse from Noah there. I think as finances are strained in families, I think we're going to see an uptick in divorce. I don't think there, there's going to be a boom, so to speak, in marriages. And I hate to be pessimistic about that. I'd love to see more marriages. I just think uh, money generally is the common denominator when it comes to marriage. And when finances are tight, difficult, strained, um, people start getting a little sideways with each other, things that normally they don't react to a certain behavior in their spouse or partner, uh, they start reacting to it. Things start getting a little out of control, so to speak. And so I think that there's going to be more divorce. And uh, once again, I think it's about how you frame it in your mind and how you're going to approach this next year. Yeah. It, 2020 was a horrible year, but 2021, I mean, it's a brand new year. There's so much opportunity out there. Like Ivan Throne always says, what a great time to be alive, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that those words stick in my brain all the time. Whenever I feel a little pinch on something, I think about those words. I'm like, man, you know, by that, by that, you mean that with the, the chaos and the strife, there's massive opportunity, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Phil. So I just think that it's gonna it's gonna fall, like I said, to the people that want it versus the people that are just comfortable and they don't they don't they don't have any kind of drive or ambition to better themselves or do something better for themselves, so to speak. Whether it's uh, improve your financial situation through working a little bit harder or a little bit smarter, or working towards a better relationship with your spouse or your children, I think you're going to see people that are stuck in a negative mindset spiraling down and people with a positive mindset or a mindset of, hey, I want to move forward in this direction, becoming a success. Yeah. I'm focused. Oh, let's get Foster in here, the other Foster. Michael? Sure. I'll hop in on this. So uh, it's interesting when you look at the median age of marriage, uh, there's a lot of 
uh, people have this idea that people are getting married very young in their teens, and that's just uh, not true. And we know that we know marriage ages because the church kept records of it. So we at least know it post-Reformation really well. So, for example, back in the 1700s, the average age for women to get married was, was right about 26, and men was 30. Right. So folks don't realize that was, and it did track with finances. And the only time we've had people get married in their teens. Uh, like widespread was right after World War II because we we're booming. And so what, what's happened is people are getting married. Um, they're much older and older, but it's gotten to a ridiculous point right now. And I do think the, a correction's coming where you, you can think about marriage age as kind of like it has a, a spectrum, a range that runs throughout history and it bounces back and forth. We went outside that range in the last five years and I think uh, women are going to be scared, and they're right to be scared. What's coming? And I think they're they're going to reevaluate um, their willingness to get a serious boyfriend. They're going to look and a, and a husband. They're going to look for someone that's not some pushover. You know, they're not going to settle for a lot of these guys. So it's going to be a really bad time for weak men, and it's going to be a really good time for stronger men because women who the in other words, what I think is going to happen the so-called epiphany stage is. That's going to move to a younger age for women right now. Now, how how widespread? I I don't know, but it's you know women need men. We when like there's no egalitarians when there's a bump in the night. The guy goes downstairs to see what's going on, right? And there's going to be a lot of bumps in the nights moving ahead. So I think uh, you know I guess I'll split the difference between Phil and and Noah. Yeah, yeah. that's as well put. And I got to say, when COVID hit, my thought, my hope was that women would. And they kind of did, right, initially, right? You saw I had girls coming out of the woodworks and a lot of single guys did. Girls you hadn't heard from them in a long time because they were scared. They were scared of the lockdowns. They were scared of what was happening. The virus was going to kill everyone. We're all going to die like Ebola, right? Uh, that obviously, you know, changed over time, but especially female behavior. It's like they, they had a glimpse of, like, I can do something better, and then they just became massive whores on OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. So maybe another correction will be, like Michael's saying, will be, Maybe we'll do something better this time around rather than sell butt picks on OnlyFans. Yeah, and just kind of to, to jump off of what Michael was saying, uh, another thing that we have this misconstrued vision of when people got married is because also different classes did at different time periods. So, for instance, in the Victorian era, late 1800s, um, across Europe, not just simply in the UK, you had the upper class, you know, they'd have their, their kind of coming out ceremonies for the girls when they turn um, 18, I believe, and then they're supposed to get married by the time they were 20. But it was a different set of sort of rules because those families all had money for the most part. And we watch things about that time period because people tend to want to look at period pieces for the upper class because it's more glamorous. It's not representation, rep- representative of, of entire society. So just a little, another side point there. As far as what's going on here, I mean, Obviously, I have to ca- I have to calibrate the fact that, you know, people work with me for certain reasons, and so this may not be representative of the entire whole. But I am seeing I, I agree with everybody that the divorces are going up. I think they've been going up all throughout the year. Uh, people who have had to spend all this time with each other, who you know, were kind of just going through with it because maybe they had kids, but now that they've had to spend time with each other, they're like, what have I done with my life? There's a there's a big sense of clarity about relationships that don't really serve. They're falling apart. But I think also there's been 
a, a dramatic decline, I think, in the interest, or, or at least a polarization in the interest in casual sex. Uh, I've, I've been seeing this more and more from, from clients, and part of it could be just simply because the sort of single scene is mostly shut down. But there's a deeper kind of sense that I think everybody's understanding what they really care about from this entire transitional period. And even a lot of guys who have been, you know, we talk about women and how you know, women are now kind of understanding that, you know, their own sort of quote unquote shelf life. But even just aside from like a looks and market perspective, understanding that maybe actually I don't want this like fucking you know, job with, with, you know, corporate job in the city eating takeout all the time. Maybe this actually sucks. Maybe I want a relationship. Maybe I want a family. I think a lot of guys are feeling the same way too. And yeah, there's a, there's a subset of girls who have decided that they're just whores in general and they're going to start their OnlyFans. But I think that the girls that don't do that are all pretty strongly polarizing in the other direction towards family formation. So we, we may not have, as Phil was saying, I think that's a good point. We may not have um, marriages in 2021 just because of the financial but I do see relationships forming that will lead to marriages down the line in the coming years. Yeah, well put, man. Hell yeah. <clears throat> Zach, uh, I'd like to hear from you, man. Yeah. You're, uh, you're the most father-focused. I mean, Michael Foster, I think, would be pretty close, too. But you're the, the father guy, the family alpha. Uh, how do you see 2021 going for fathers around America? Obviously, you have the manager, the guys you work with, but also... I think you have kind of a good take and a good uh, bird's eye view on just American fathers. Like, where's that going to go? How do you see that uh, going next year? Yeah. So I, I think the build up to 2021 began in 2020, you know, and I'm going to bring it back just a little bit and then springboard into 2021. I had an awesome 2020. I taught my kids to ride their bikes. I taught them to swim. We had a great time and the world went crazy. I don't live in Florida or Texas or, or South Dakota, whichever one. So you guys, are in great states. My governor is on the opposite side of the spectrum trying to shut everything down. So I'm not, I don't have the luxury or I'm not in a position where I'm living free and it's not affecting me. It's affecting us very much. But I still had an amazing 2020 and my marriage is stronger and my children are stronger. My relationship with them is stronger. Now, how did that happen? How did I have this experience while the whole world's having a different one? I think in 2020, and before I go further, congratulations again, Pat. I had that note down. That's fantastic on the little one being born. That's beautiful. But to bring it to something Pat was saying, you know, his family's growing. Why are these men having these success, yet we're in a world that's saying that this is the worst year? You know, men are doing terrible, you know, relationships, everything's going down the toilet. I don't see that happening with the men who were living their message prior to. I think we saw, and I don't remember who brought it up, but the true colors are showing. You saw the men who were screaming abundance. They were shoving it down your throat and they had a PDF on it that you could buy for $9.99 right now. Buy in abundance. And as soon as there was some stress, as soon as there was some pushback in the world, they snapped. And they ran away and they fucking disappeared. You have no idea where these dudes went. And all of a sudden, the heads that remained, they were the dudes that were like, no, this is the game. All this practice, all these reps we've been putting into the gym. We've been talking about financial independence. Where did that go? You're not supposed to be screaming, looking for your stimulus check. You're supposed to be squared away, not even needing that sucker. Well, Zach, I guess they sold out ebooks, man. They're fresh out. You know, something, something got pulled off the shelves. Something happened. But it's really interesting to see who remained the same throughout all of this. Like my my tone, I I sort of doubled down on it, trying to be more normal. I shared a lot more of my life. I dropped the pen name to try to get some more connection going. I did all these things because I'm like, no, 
because things are weird and the world got wild, that doesn't mean we run. Now it's time for us to actually step onto the field of play. Everything has been training for this moment. And it's interesting to see what happened to those men. So for 2021, we're going to see a continuation of that. And to co- I wish Coach Greg was still on here because I think his point was solid. You know, people are coming to us. People are reaching out. People are trying to improve. I don't, I don't have a clue what the marriage rates were when there were kings and queens back in the day. Like, I have no idea. I'm going to leave that to the pros. But to me, you know, whether, whether your marriage is doing well or whether it's not, whether your kids are stressed out because their, their class schedule is sometimes Zoom, sometimes in person, you don't really know what it's going to be. You know, I think families, if they're looking to improve themselves, they're going to start taking actions to take away the power from the, the powers that be and start viewing themselves to be these sovereign individuals. If, if you want to be better, if you want to experience better, if you want to be like the people who aren't struggling in 2020 or in 2021, it's because you took some responsibility for the direction of your life. I think you're seeing a lot of that online and you're starting to see them come back. You're starting to see these dudes creeping in the side like, oh, abundance, abundance, buy this, buy that, women, girls, what the hell ever. And you're like, you don't live this. You, this yeah. is not a part of who you are. This is a show that you're putting on to sell. But at the core of your character, as soon as stress is applied again, you break. Where were you when all these people were getting laid off? And I watched, so myself, FOE, we ran a bunch of campaigns to donate some money to these dudes to kind yeah. of provide some relief. We were doing this at the grassroots level. Like men on this panel, on our level, we're raising money for other people because nobody else would do it. Yet yeah. these freaking, the ballers looking out for men and they want men to do well had nothing to say to these men. You're on your own, suckers. That's on you. Let's talk about, you know, some, some totally irrelevant things. They couldn't face the hard topics because they weren't prepared for it. They weren't prepared physically, mentally. Their spirits broke. It was, it was sad to see, but it was necessary. So for 2021, I'm, I'm hoping more people decide to find their balls and to go forward. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. I love I'm it. Excited you know, about, go ahead. I'm excited about it because um, some people are good peacetime leaders. I'm best when in a fight, honestly. I'm made for, like, I'm made for war. And so uh, when I'm not in a fight, I kind of lose focus and waste my time. So to me, I'm like, this is great. This is like an opportunity to go at it and go at it hard. And uh, I think it's, and you've seen there's people that talk a big game. I mean, we all know growing up in high, in high school and if you, you were on the party scene ever, the more a guy talks, rarely is he, you know, very tough. Well, we've had a lot of guys online talk a big game, but the despair stuff's not going to sell because people are like, okay, let's, you can only have the despair stuff when someone is financing it, right? Like these two guys are despairing, but they still got food and they still got the internet and all this. Now, like, look, there's a real crisis coming and and guys are looking for leadership and they're willing to step up. So yeah, I'm just excited to see this chance to go at it hard and men now like have skin in the game. Like you have to, the guys that are getting involved have skin in the game. That's good for the manosphere for America. That's good for the church. It's good. So uh, I welcome the battle, man. Let's do it. Let's draw blood. Speaking of uh, welcoming the battle, welcome John Thomas from Bulldog Mindset to the show today. John, welcome. What's up, guys? Thanks for hopping on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, since just got you introduced to the show, uh, you've been on here before, obviously, but uh, what are your thoughts on, you know, end of the year, last Redman group of the year for 2020? What are your thoughts on 2020? And then what are your, some of your main predictions for 2021? What we'll see? Yeah, you know, I, I think 2020 was a good opportunity as a year for growth for for a lot of people. I think, you know, I that's how I use it, obviously, with all the, the crap going on, you know, erosion of rights, 
and personal freedoms. You know, one thing that I took from it was that uh, what what we discovered was not a loss of freedom, but in the illusion of freedom, right? There, there's a lot of people, I think, that were comfortable and thought that we had freedom as men in society today, which, which we do not. It was just it was just made clear. It was just a revelation of, of the truth that was already out there. So I'd rather know and see the truth. And so what, what we saw transpire in 2020 made it very, very clear. And that's good because now I know exactly where I'm operating from as a man. And, and we should all know that. So, so I think that's a good thing. I don't see it as a shift. I see it as something that was just revealed to us. But uh, as far as 20, uh, you know, 2021, I, I think we'll see a lot more of the same. I mean, I'm hopeful that this has woken up a lot of men that realize that they're going to have to do something in, in their life that they're not going to just be taken care of by the government and, and by society. And so I think that's going to give us a lot of opportunity to reach a lot of, a lot of men. Uh, I don't expect, I think a lot of people have a rosy viewpoint. I, I didn't hear what, what anyone, what anyone had said to hear it, but, but in general, the people that I'm, that I talk to have tend to have a rosy viewpoint, thinking that 2021 is going to be, uh, you know, that all this is going to be done. I, I don't, I don't see that. I, I see things is, is probably getting worse. I mean, we'll see how things go. So, uh, but my viewpoint is always right. When, when things get hard, I like it because the harder that things get, uh, the, the more people that give up and quit. And so the less competition there is. And so, it's it's all good for me. I'll, I'll give me the hardest conditions, and I'll I'll take them as long as it's across the board. Um, but but yeah, I don't expect any kind of big release in 2021. There's 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 just too much stuff that's been been going on with, with everything. I don't want to say the name of the you know, but um, the coof. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Coof, the coof. So I, I don't expect that to disappear in in this kind of thing. I think you know we're going to see more. I think 2021 is going to be just as bad as 2020 as far as, as far as that kind of stuff goes. But. Yeah, I, like, I really like your point, man. Early on, you mentioned uh, in the first half your response about the illusion of freedom. And that really rings a bell, uh, even living in Florida, which has been awesome for this, for this whole year, uh, one of the best in the union in this country by far, I think. But it's the illusion of freedom. So if you look at all these governors, for example, these mayors and you know, local politicians and stuff, uh, very far removed from the federal government and presidency and you know senators and stuff and all that anyway. Uh, they never really cared, I think, about, I mean, this is now obvious to us, but for the average person, they're realizing these people never cared about freedom. They never cared about the Constitution. They never cared about their oath. All that goes out the window the minute they have uh, what they believe is an excuse for it. Oh, there's a virus. You're going to die. Oh, no more freedom for you. Not for 14 days or 15 days, right? And then 30 days and then six months and then fucking nine months and then to infinity and beyond. So, it's uh, yeah, it's been a big red pill for everyone's ass, I think if they believe that someone they voted for really cared about the constitution and freedom, well, now, you know, uh, you know, where these people stand because they had, they had to do action or, you know, aggressively against freedom or for, uh, they just stand up, put their balls on the line. And in Florida, I mean, this governor has been just so awesome. Like Tony mentioned earlier in the show, I didn't know he would be the savage and voted for him. It's he's vastly exceeded my expectations in Florida. And that, and that has helped, uh, you know, my business continued basically because of this governor having the balls to step up and crack down on this stupid shit, uh, the lockdowns and the, uh, you know, the, the county governor or the county mayors and city mayors, all this stuff. The fact that we even did a summit, you know, together, all of us here, uh, sorry, no, except no, 
but uh, that was just amazing in itself. Everyone said we couldn't do it, you know? Oh, it's going to get canceled, blah, blah, blah. You're going to not be able to do it, blah, you know, all the stupid shit. And we did it, and we had no problems. So, yeah, what a beautiful, beautiful uh, experience that was. And that's going to happen more and more. The places that take the ballsy approach, the people that take the ballsy approach, they're going to win. They're going to continue on, and it, people will start flocking to those places. I know people that are talking about moving to Florida because they've been rational about this whole thing. And it's the people that are moving there are moving there to do stuff. People who weren't doing anything don't care about moving. They're just not doing anything continually. Um, but it's, it's going to make a big difference. And that's going to lead the realignment of things because it's going to realign around where can I have freedom? Where don't I have freedom? And you'll see a, a coming together of people who are interested in being free, even if they don't agree on other things, they agree on wanting to be free. They're going to come together. Zach, did you want to hop in? Yeah. So there, there were two ways that I was looking at it. One was Phil's point on uh, what a time to be alive by Ivan. You know, it's, it's that, that, what a great mantra, you know, like what a great time to be alive. There's opportunity everywhere. I think that's fantastic. I think it goes well with uh, AJ Cortez's point that this is the way the world has always been. The world has been chaotic for almost all of our existence, you know, and we, we found very comfortable times and now we're turning back to a little bit of chaos and a little unsteady foundation. And from there, people are, it's not the way it's supposed to be. So this is the way it's supposed to be. We're not supposed to be living in a world where everything is packaged up and handed to us. You have to earn what it is you want. And I think we're going to see a lot, you know, as to what Mike was just saying, we're going to see a lot of this again, where people are starting to act different than their peers. And you're going to be the guy who stands out a little bit. Well, it's weird that you're doing all this prepping and it's weird that, yeah, guess what? I'm doing well now and you're not. Maybe it's a little less weird. And I'm hoping that plants the seed to where, people are now seeing like, oh, maybe I should garden. <laughs> you know, maybe I should tend those seeds that you planted in me about working out and buying guns and, and taking care of my money and getting away. Maybe I should start questioning whether the, the government's going to govern properly or be there when I need them. You know, I'm really hoping or really hoping that all the events that have played out, people are going to stop saying, oh, well, it's going to get better. Like, no, this is how it is. Like, this is the way, honestly, this is good. There's a lot of change, a lot of opportunity here. You're not stuck in your set way. You can move lanes now if you're ready, but you just have to go forward. And again, put the balls in the chopping block time and time and time again, and you will win. You will find yourself succeeding. But at first you're going to have to get over that initial, you know, judgment of the peers who are trying to like, no, we're fine. Well, you're not until you take care of yourself and then you'll be fine because you'll make it happen. Why do you need so many guns, man? Why do you need so much ammo? Why do you need so much food, man? Yeah, that's a great point. That seemed risky, you know, a while ago, oh, you'd spend all this money and then not need it or you'd be wasting it on something. But now, yeah. Everyone's been scrambling here to buy stuff ever since COVID hit. Yeah. I want to shift gears a little bit. I want to talk more explicitly about economics, the economy in 2021 and politics too. Uh, let's focus first on the economy. Uh, in my view, I think it's very possible, not guaranteed, but possible we could be looking at a Great Depression in the coming months within a year. Uh, certainly, uh, I think Coach or Coach Greg or someone was talking about earlier, but you know, debt is through the roof. Uh, he mentioned the dollar. I mean, we're, we could see maybe the dollar collapse. That could happen tomorrow. Could happen five years ago. Could happen in three months. Uh, but I think certainly within the next, this coming year, it could really happen. So thoughts on that? I mean, in terms of, because uh, I've been thinking about that in particular. It's like, I've studied uh, not a crazy amount, but a meaningful amount of the collapse of the Soviet Union. That was fascinating to me about 10 years ago. I read a couple books on it, you know, this articles, all these things. 
and the parallels between that and America. And now seeing the country in $27 zillion of debt uh, and on and on and on, unfunded liabilities and everyone's broke and facing, there's millions of people facing eviction now the minute these like uh, orders to block it stop and stuff. So thoughts on that, uh, will the country survive? Will men make it happen? Is it gonna happen? I think it's gonna happen. I think we're gonna do well. I have a, a couple points I wanna bring up. Okay. Uh, like me, my father has a, uh, a trade and a profession. His, his trade is cutting hair, but his profession was, uh, he has a degree in manufacturing studies. And there's a thing within manufacturing studies called materials science, where they would take certain metals and apply pressure, pulling them apart or bending them or squishing them together using, you know, 50,000 pound, you know, uh, hydraulic equipment, that kind of thing. And then they would do a cross section of the piece of metal that was either broke and they would look at it with a, a micron. What do they call it? Uh, what's the microscope that, that can see an electron uh, microscope? The, the electron microscope, and they would see where it failed. But you can only see that after the application of pressure. And I grew up in a household where my father would bring home pieces of metal embedded in acrylic that were going through the electron microscope to see where the weakness was. 2020 showed us where the weakness of man is, where the weakness of the country is. That's the first point. Second point is this, that... Uh, if, if there's any uh, fans of Brian Tracy out there, he's talked about fear quite a bit. And he would talk about in Haitian culture and the voodoo, like the voodoo culture, there would be kind of like this shaman voodoo guy in a village that would take bones and throw them out. And the way the bones landed, he could tell your future. And there were people that believed that and it was called throwing the bones or casting the bones. If the bones were strewn a certain way in a certain pattern, it was kind of like how the, the Turks would take their coffee, you know, that thick coffee and turn the cup upside down. Then they would read the inside of the coffee cup to see how the, the, the coffee grounds made a pattern. And what happened is there were people uh, who believed and the whole concept of casting the bones, they would go to the shaman and say, you know, what does my future hold for me? And the guy would cast the bones and he would say, and I don't know if this is folklore, but Brian Tracy talks about this. There's a case where he said to the man, he says, you're going to die. And the guy died right there, believing so much in the prediction of the shaman. Uh, the other thing was, uh, let's play a trick on the boss at work. So three people said to the boss, one person said to him in the morning, are you feeling okay? I said, yeah, why? What's, what's the matter? He said, oh, oh, nothing. Second employee saw the boss in the Get break room you. and said, I'll give you the shit. Are, are you doing all right? And he says, yeah, I'm, I'm doing fine. Third employee a little bit later said, uh, you don't look so well. And the story says that by noon, the boss went home sick. Because he believed in this, right, uh, yeah, this negative go. projection yeah, from people around him. Now, the media and social media has done that, that. I got nonstop 2020. 
Well, yeah, I ain't really mad about a that. A lot of people man. have died. A lot of people have weakened. I'm not trying to do extra uh, we have because to, I'm fucking with I you. mean, honestly, some of the biggest complaints originally of our right. group structure so, in 21 were, where's the social distancing? First I don't all, see any masks. And I'm, and I'm laughing and I'm thinking like, think because the best. first thing I thought was, God, if it wasn't for yeah, the social, know, for social media, you know, nobody, nobody would be dying. Like, for and instance, I, I, I don't see the, about the already, like, so what people are doing is they're looking at the media well, I, like the shaman casting the bones. And, uh, you know, Brian Tracy said uh, about the two different shoe salesmen. One was sent to Africa, and he came back a couple days later and said, nobody wears shoes there. Like, why would you send me there? Nobody wears shoes. The second salesman said, wow. Nobody wears shoes in Africa. He viewed it as an opportunity, a place to sell shoes. I look at 2021, not as a year to fall. I'm like, holy crap, what an opportunity in front of us. And I think, gentlemen, I think that people will see you're either going to be viewed as strong or crazy. So, of course, I don't feel like I'm... I don't mind either one. Of course, I get fucking... Another question I want to throw at you guys, although feel free to comment further on economics, potential collapse of the dollar, the economy, politics, who knows, you know, we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Holy shit. Yeah, um, I'll chime on that real fast. Oh, yeah, go ahead. We're shift gears. So I'm, you know, I'll be a little bit on the, the hopium side of things. I mean, the, the financial system is going to collapse. Like, there's no doubt about that. It's been based on fraud for decades now. It's basically one big racket. And more, which means but you're engaging. I don't more, think that which means I'm making in the process of that system collapse. I don't think we're 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 going to go into some big depression. It's going to be a, a transition of the system. What? And I don't what? think it's going to be as bad as you think it's going to be. I think it's really trying to control that. Trump moved the Fed. This is a very like secret thing, but he didn't get a lot of press. But back in February, he moved the Fed under the control of the Treasury. So the Fed is not really even technically at this point an independent organization. It's been moved back under the control of the Treasury Department. And so I and you know a lot of his executive orders with a lot of with these with these criminals has have said explicitly that they will confiscate the wealth and assets of all these people. So I don't you know some people talk about this thing called Nesara Jasara. I don't really know if I buy that fully. That seems a bit much like a pipe dream that everybody just gets shit. I don't like that. I don't like that kind of talk, but. I do think that there's going to be a cushion for the public during the transition. And I think that there's, we're going to find a lot of money that, I mean, I think it's like Robert Steele himself says that he's like CIA guy. He's like Wall Street stole about a hundred trillion dollars from Main Street over the past decade, just through all sorts of, uh, you know, financial manipulation and pension funds, you know, being, being basically taken over by Wall Street. So I do think that we're going to see during the transition it's going to be it's going to be messy and it's going to be scary on the surface. But you look at it right now. I mean, all this crazy shit's going on. Laugh at them, and the economy is booming, and so I think that there is some control mechanism there. I remain optimistic right. that it's going to go that way. That we might see some some drops, but we're not going to see any sort of catastrophe like we experienced back in 1930s or even 1970s. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of bad debt. And you're absolutely right, Pat. That bad debt, though, once it's cleared out, it's in the way of the economy functioning. 
Like the economy functions at the moment despite all the bad debt, clear out all that bad debt and get a true full accounting. We don't have a full accounting of what's going on. Partially, as you mentioned, the Wall Street um, trickery, trickery that they've been doing and also the big banks doing strange things with money. And uh, due to the Federal Reserve until recently being uh, basically operating in the dark. So we don't, we don't have a good accounting. That makes investment dangerous. That means people are going to be very cautious. That all gets cleared out of the system. Velocity can return again to the financial markets and things can start moving that have been locked up. It's, uh, it's the equivalent of your pipe, pipes being plugged and you're, you're getting overflow into your house now. You get that cleaned out and everything starts working again. And it, it has to happen. It is either going to happen this year or next year. It has to happen before we can return to a more normal economy. And I think what we're seeing is it's just backed up so bad that something needs to be done about it. And you know, we've been putting it off for 20 years. I, I've talked to politicians that have been telling me this was going to happen for 20 years now. And they're surprised it hasn't happened yet. They don't even understand how we've extended it so long. The more I do so this basically, shit, bubbles the more have to burst before fake, actual good, true economic growth. You know, pick my yeah, shit I think, up. Um, and you know, I'm pretty heavily invested in, in real estate. And I've been just sitting on cash for a long time the people now. trust like a mother. Anything. And my the reason why I'm doing that, because I've got, I guess I have skin in the game here, is that I'm expecting a, a huge crash to come here. And then I'm just going to buy up things extremely cheaply. So I'm, I'm pretty much banking on it. And the reason why is because what we're looking at here, you know, under normal conditions would be just, ridiculously bad economic indicators, right? I mean, look at how high unemployment is, right? A lot of what's happening right now is everything is artificially propped up and that can't last forever. I mean, you know, the, the, the Keynesian economics, the bubble, right? This is like the bubble just got inflated a huge amount, right? I mean, no, now we're going to hold people over with $600 checks, right? Like, but, but it's worked so far. So far people have held over uh, because of mostly, mostly because of one thing, which is like the biggest expense on a household and is their mortgage payment or their rent. Up. And that has been a very moratorium. Good year. So as soon as that I've had a very good and year then people have to start making physically. their payments again, it is due uh, they're not going to make their payments. They're not going to be able to make their rent. They're not going to make the mortgage payments. And so just like trying to realize how everything collapsed. That, that I am on the hill. Maybe at a, at a larger scale. So there's no way that... I'm on the fucking hill. Like, when you look at 2008, Otherwise, it wasn't it's like always there was a big amount of unemployment or anything. It was just that that bad debt, which uh, the, the toxic loan, one or whatever, point, you know, the credit swap and all that. But what it was, it was just a slight shift. Enough people just enough to push it over the edge that the whole... The whole uh, card house collapsed, and we're in a worse condition than than now. So uh, than then. So uh, what I'm expecting to happen is that, that we'll see that that play out. And if you look at another good indicator to look at, is the mortgage interest rates, like the 30-year fixed and 15-year. So those are the lowest ever historically, and they keep on dropping. And so you have to really ask yourself why, like what. Not, not live from like, like what, said, what you factors know, are driving you it might down. Who's investing in that? Right? Who's buying that? Because you what know, happens, uh, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, they package up these mortgage loans, right? At, at that particular rate. 
and then they they sell them as a solid like AAA investment. Okay, so the reason why mortgage rates are dropping, regardless of what the media is telling you or anyone else is telling you, a logical reason why mortgage rates are dropping is because the people that and the insurance companies and the hedge funds that are willing to invest into mortgage-backed uh, securities, they're only willing to, to they're they're willing to accept that small of an interest rate because the rest of the of the of the potential things that they could put the money in are so risky and volatile right now. So that's a predictor of what what the the general the people with the real big money that are buying mortgage-backed securities think about the rest of the economy and the stock market. So the, the only good thing I see is, is Bitcoin <laughs> at this point, you know, I think cryptocurrency is, but you know, you, you can, it doesn't mean that it's an absolute secure thing, right? I mean, there, it's not, it's not unprecedented. I mean, there was a time in the United States where it was illegal to hold gold and you could go to jail if you didn't turn in your gold. So I, I don't expect that, uh, like cryptocurrency is going to necessarily be the savior in this case. We'll see what, what happens if everything else collapses and cryptocurrency goes up. It, it could be a really dangerous situation. That's where having those guns might be really useful. Yeah. John, I have a question Honest? for you. You talked about 2008, 2011. Um, I'm, you know, I run a business and my business was, luckily it made it through that, but I've watched a lot of businesses fail. So the question I have for you is, do you think, you say the bubble's going to burst, do you think it's going to be worse? You said you think it's going to be worse, but aren't those packages that they that they put together with the mortgages, don't you think that people are aware of that? It, as, as to what happened before? With the, yeah, the I mean, really, you know, if anybody has seen that movie, The Big Short, that's kind of a great explanation of what happened back then. I mean, yeah. I thought the portfolio just whittle away and realistically within about 10 months. And I mean, there's a couple of things. One, one is that, you know, it was, it was toxic loans, right? That like, I mean, there was some credit default swaps where they were insuring the toxic loans and then, and then playing with that and making a derivative off of that. But in, in this case, what it, it boiled down to was toxic loans. And I don't see how you could have more toxic loans, like the most toxic loan I could imagine that a bank would hold right now is one that's in deferment <laughs> to someone who doesn't have a job, who doesn't have to pay mortgage payments for a year, right? Like, uh, and, and, and it's fine. It's fine right now. See, it's fine right now because, and it's the same thing that happened. This is, this is why it cascades down. It's because the guy that doesn't have the job that's in deferment, that's making, that's not making his mortgage payment for a year, the bank's holding that, that loan and they're fine because it's not upside down because prices are, have been going up. Right. But as soon as prices turn and they start to go down, then they go down, like then they drop dramatically because as soon as those, all of those loans are like, they're floating, they're above water. As soon as that, that water level, those, those loans go below water, that water level rises. Uh, and then they're all just slightly below water. Then they all drop dramatically because now they're all completely toxic, worthless loans because any loan, a loan isn't toxic. Even if someone's not, if, if someone let's, let's put it this way, right. Let's say you have a loan, uh, you, you you're holding a loan for two hundred thousand dollars in this house, but it's worth three hundred thousand dollars, and the guy's not making any payments on it. It's in default for like thirty thousand dollars. Doesn't matter. It's still great. That loan is perfect. I'll buy that loan because there's there's seventy thousand dollars worth of equity. You can repossess that property, and 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 it's it's profitable. You make more money repossessing the property than you would on the loan payments. 
you know, in the in the short term. So that, so that's great. But as soon as that property, but if you have that same loan and that property is worth 190, that's that's a completely toxic loan, and and it's worthless. And the and the homeowner then walk walks away because they don't want to continue paying on that loan. They don't want to try and you know pay money on a property that that isn't worth worth the money that they owe that, that they owe more than it's worth. So that's when you have this big uh, cascade of, of foreclosures that, that happen. It's sort of this this chain effect that that, that occurs. So, so that comes to mind. What really comes to mind too from your conversation between the two of you, uh, you know, you're mentioning 2008, obviously the financial crisis then, all that. Well, not long ago. I was, you know, just a couple years out of high school then. But what comes to mind is the country was in a lot less debt then. I don't know what the national debt was then. It was probably what 10, 12 trillion or something like that. Whatever it was, it was way less than now, which is over 27 plus unfunded liabilities, which are like closer to 200 trillion or something crazy. So that's kind of the, there's going to be a difference between then and now that also comes to mind. Maybe you have some thoughts on that because that the debt has to be at least double now what it was in 2008. Never mind student loan debt, which has been has ballooned to over a trillion dollars, mostly held by a young woman. Uh, all kinds of credit card debt. I mean, it's just, it's like the debt is fucking everywhere. Like everyone's in debt. Everything's in debt. Uh, and now, yeah, if that affects the federal government, maybe the dollar would, uh, I mean, do you see a dollar collapse coming? Do you have, I mean, what do you think the odds of that are along with a stock or a, uh, real estate collapse, John? The, well, the dollar, I mean, the interesting thing is, so the reason why we we're not in the depression right now is only because the dollar hasn't collapsed because the, the dollar is a reserve, the world reserve currency, right? That, what that allows us to do is to print dollars. And, and to not feel the effects of it, right? Because what we're, because, okay, so when you print dollars, when the federal government prints dollars, it's just a form of taxation. But instead of taxing individuals specifically, it taxes the entire world, right? So the U.S. government right now is taxing the world. Every time they print a dollar, they're basically, they're taxing China, they're taxing uh, Austria, they're ta- taxing every single person who holds a dollar because their dollar is, is essentially worth less, right? And that also makes the stock market go up, right? Because the stock went, okay, so when you print money and the stock market goes up, the reason why the stock market goes up is, is not because you've made a, a more stable economy. It's because you've devalued the, the currency. And so those, the, the, the stock, the, the representation of those companies, uh, it, it requires more dollars for them to be worth the same amount, one share to be worth the same amount. So it, it's just a big illusion, right? And so, the, but the reason why you're able to do that, or the US government's able to do that right now, is because the dollar is the world reserve currency. So if if that isn't the case, and, and what I mean by world reserve currency is that basically w- when you're, you know, so, so we don't really think about this, but uh, let, let's say that that you have, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars and you're trying to figure out, you're, what you're trying to do is you're trying not to lose money, right? So big governments, uh, you know, big, uh, big families that have a lot of money, what they're trying to do is they're trying to find a value score for their wealth so that it doesn't, disappear, right? And so most most countries, they trade in dollars or they hold their money in dollars uh, because that's the most stable currency, right? There, there's nothing else you could really, like you could hold gold, that's really difficult. What else are you going to hold, right? You, you don't want to hold the Japanese yen. You don't want to hold, you know, w- whatever other currency. The dollar is the one that if you feel like if you, if you hold the dollar, it's probably not going to lose too much value, right? So that's what everyone in the world is doing right now for the most part. That's why it's the, the reserve currency for the world. But uh, if, if we lose that and, and people start and countries start using other things, for example, 
Bitcoin is is one that is really uh, poised to to take over that that status, right? If if Bitcoin's too unstable right now, but let's say that major institutional investors get into Bitcoin and it becomes stable, then everyone will say, well, shit, the best thing I could do with my money is put it in Bitcoin because that's the most stable asset. It, it keeps the value as, as best as possible and the whole world would do that shift off the dollar. Uh, a lot of other countries have been trying to, to do that as well to get their currencies to become the, the reserve currency. But if that were to happen and the dollar were to lose that status, then all that inflation would suddenly, uh, we would suddenly hyperinflate because all of that inflation that's been held back because of the, of taxing the entire world, uh, that wouldn't be possible anymore. And then that debt would become uh, crippling, right? Right now the debt isn't crippling because it doesn't matter because the debt is just a game. It's just it's like everyone is worried about the debt, but I'm not worried about the debt because the debt is just, it's just a joke because it's just like, okay, well, where, what do we do? Do we put the money over here? and put it on the on the negative number on the balance sheet or do we put a positive in the plus number in the in the in the treasury by printing more dollars like it doesn't really matter which one you do right either either one it, it's just it's just shifting the numbers so it, it's a joke either way right because when when the government is budgeting and spending money what what money are they spending right it, it, it's it's a, it's a, it's a conception because they're they're just printing the money anyway so it doesn't it doesn't matter right so oh, it's so it's all fake yeah yeah but but if the dollar is not the world reserve currency, then the debt matters because and now you can manipulate the currency uh, to the degree that you can. You can manipulate within the country, and when like take take any country that that has gone through hyperinflation, Venezuela, Mexico, uh, Japan at one point, right? Uh, what what happened was they don't have a reserve currency, so when they print dollars, what happens is they feel it big time. Superinflation happens. They have to keep on printing. Why do they? Why does did Venezuela spiral into? you know, a hyperinflation because they had to keep on printing more dollars to keep on paying the debt payments, right? That was, that was the key. And so as you keep on printing, now those debt payments, because what happens also, uh, the, the magic of inflation is that if you, if you uh, get into an inflation situation and, and a lot of, a lot of people want to actually create inflation because it reduces debt, because that's the one thing, like if, if you inflate, if you get into a high level of inflation, all that debt, that all becomes meaningless. So if we do go through hyperinflation, debt won't matter anymore. The fixed debt you're saying, yeah, it doesn't, it's not, it's not adjusting with the inflation. Right. And it sounds to me like the inflation is a huge rubber band, basically, that we're pulling on. And eventually you keep pulling on a rubber band, like when you're a kid, maybe fucking around, eventually it just snaps. And then you get, and then it stings or you get hit in the fucking eye or something. Yeah. And so, you don't see it coming because it takes a well, while John, to happen. You pointed out something important too, that um, there's this, transition point, the margin where things go from being solvent to unsolvent, and that happens instantly. So people tend to expect everything to happen on sort of an equal curve. But with finances, things tend to be, it looks like nothing's happening, nothing's happening because the pressure is building. And then all of a sudden the explosion happens and that there will be no warning. It's just going to happen. You, you all you got to do is slow the, slow the spread. Crash. No longer the world reserve currency. So, so the spread, Michael. Uh, what a lot of people don't seem to realize is, first off, how much USD China has, a lot. Um, the other thing they don't understand is what drives crypto. Uh, I, I'll just put it this way. I sell shovels to people in crypto. I work with a lot of crypto people. And the big issue with crypto is cheap miners and cheap uh, energy, electricity. <clears throat> They're actually doing a lot of mining down in Venezuela right now. But uh, China used is because they don't follow EPA, they don't follow any environmental guidelines. 
the amount of crypto mining they're doing as a nation is insane, right? And so China's plan the whole board. They're thinking about this stuff. And a good book that I would recommend is a book called The Mandibles by Lionel Shrivers. And basically, they walk through how this all could play out. And when you read the book, it's like it's like a new 1984, but it basically lays out, you know, um, our, those of us that lean towards an Austrian sort of understanding of economics explains how this would all actually happen. And it's a real risk right now. The other book that I would recommend uh, would be The Coming Neo-Feudalism, and I, I really do think that's what's happening. We're seeing uh, basically the third estate, the people in the middle, removed, and we're going to have a, a bunch of uh, technocrat uh, oligarchs at the top, and then a bunch of serfs that have no property, they have no money, and, and you can't help – the conspiracy theories write themselves, right? What You're watching them kill small businesses. For example, with the vaccine – uh, the vaccines will be mandated through corporations, not through the government. Corporations will just say, hey, this is a danger to our employees. Where are you going to go? You know, the small businesses are being killed on purpose, like by these big, uh, these big corporations that are almost all concentrated in the area of technology. And so this is like what – this stuff is playing, down, playing out in real time right in front of us. It's like dystopian, crazy nightmare, and it's just we've all been brainwashed – to think such things is conspiracy, but it's like right in front of you. Like it's right there. It's a wild time to be alive. There's great opportunities, but it is, uh, it's going to get, 2021 is going to be a wild ride. But by the way, we got a super chat. I need to call out uh, real quick. Coach EO. I think he was the guy uh, we're trying to get in the show, but StreamYard uh, capped out at 10. Maybe we can get him in. Full House, your 2020 was a direct reflection of who you were and what you did or didn't do. In 2018 to 2019, we'll put the wise ones are on a vacation. The unconscious are panicking. Move wisely and boldly in 2021. Yeah, I got to agree. I don't see another way to live in 20. I like living that way in general, but especially in a like a wild 2021, like we're talking about. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to imagine next year going smoothly and like super peacefully. You know, like oh, 2021 is gonna be like Disneyland. You know, just fucking go chill, man. Get drunk and chill. I don't think so. Pat. Yeah, it's gonna depend on how much. It's going to depend on how many people wake up in the end, how, how the closure works out. I mean, that's, that's really the level of violence is going to be correlated with that, which is why I think, you know, things have been so drawn out. You know, it's like why, why things just weren't dropped immediately. I think that there's been a massive, massive public pacing program. But I just wanted to say one last thing before I got to run, um, just based on what Michael was saying. This is a pretty well-known communist strategy to destroy businesses middle class, uh, basically de-kulakization, same sort of shit that they did in, in Russia. And, you know, th- we have this ultra-rich, very, very, and I'm not talking about the 1%, we're talking about the 0.001% that own all, you know, trillions of dollars, but they still don't own more money than the American middle class. The American middle class is still wealthier than this sort of cabal, that, that sort of wealthy group. And they don't like that because it's a massive threat in their pa- on their power. When you have 400 million guns in America, that's like 10 times more than the U.S. military possesses. So you've got extremely armed and prosperous middle class. I mean, they've been trying gradually for years and succeeding to diminish the middle class. But this is, this is like the, you know, the communist playbook that tried to crush it entirely through all these 
completely nonsensical measures. And we all know, I mean, they've been lying about this stuff from the very beginning when it comes to vaccines. They've been lying about the entire agenda. They were saying back in February, early March, masks don't work. Then they're like, well, actually, we, you know, we just told you that because we wanted to make sure medical professionals got the mask. And they said, 15 days is the spread. And then that more kept continuing over and over again. It was then like, well, you have to either get the disease or you have to get the vaccine, so we have to hit herd immunity. Now they just removed WHO, just removed the fact that if you actually naturally contracted this virus, then you would, then that no longer counts. You have to get vaccinated regardless. They've also bumped the vaccination rate to 90%. And so now it's like you have to get an mRNA vaccine, which is highly experimental, changes your DNA expression, filled with DNA from aborted fetuses. And you got to get this thing, which causes side effects in 70% of people, adverse reactions, and 3% of people, severe, severe side effects, versus, you know, the virus, which you have a greater chance of dying from a shark attack than you do from the virus. So it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. And I think we just have to keep saying it's fucking bullshit because they're, they're keeping it down for obvious reasons. You can look at the, the annual death rate. We have had the same number of people, maybe less, die this year than in prior years. And so much of that has been suicide and things related to business collapse and economic issues. So they're going to keep moving the goalposts, but you know, a lot of sheep are just going to take it anyway. And we have to, we have to stand up for that. And I think that that's where our advantage comes in. And that's why, I mean, 2021, I, I do think that there's going to be, there's going to be turmoil. I think, especially psychologically speaking, you know, this is like a, it's an information war and we've seen in past wars, there's always casualties. There are going to be people who are so mentally broken from this kind of psyop that they're going to be wearing masks for years. They're, they're going to be like, they're, they're still going to be freaked out. They're going to be afraid of people touching them. They're just going to be completely fucked up forever. But there's a lot of people who, who can be let out of this. And I think that's the opportunity of this, of this group. So, but yeah. Thank you, sir, for the monologue. I appreciate working with you this year more than ever. Fuck yeah, man. You got a good 2021 ahead. I'll see you. Yeah. See you, Pat. The Fresh Patriarch, Pat Stedman. We'll see if Coach Yo has anything. Okay. Noah, thank yeah. you, sir. Appreciate it, man. See you, bro. Steve, Phil. Uh, let's see the chatter. Yeah, let's have uh, some commentary for Steve and Phil. Uh, I think everyone else here has had pretty good since uh, today's show. Steve, Phil. Steve, how you doing, man? No, I'm good. No, no. I was just, hey, man, when you were, you were thinking about being a man and people that have to learn, you sit back and, and, and listen, man. You, uh, as men, you know, you learn from men. Um, but I, I wanted to say a few things. Uh, well, I wanted to congratulate Pat B. He's gone already. But um, uh, the thing I wanted to say real quick about OnlyFans, just because uh, she's gouging people for money, there's always going to be that one man she's giving the money to. So that's something that people got to think about as well. Um, also, I always talk about, and I, I mean, George probably, White Chocolate is probably going to smile on this one, but I'm all, I always talk about men having to learn how to fall into respect, and they don't know how to do that, and they don't know how to fall into respect for themselves. You can't, get a, you can't have a woman respect you if you don't respect yourself, and that's some of the problems that we're having with a lot of men today. And, and you know, as far as going into 2021, um, you know, you know, what we've seen so far, which you, what I commend you on, is that we had finally, we had a convention 
uh, for women, and and, and it was yeah. accomplished. It was something very major. It was something that nobody's doing. And the best thing about it was it was coming from men. It wasn't it wasn't people just saying, well, you know what, uh, bake a bake a uh, bake a cake or something like that. It was really some hardcore men telling these women that you need to get your act right if you want to be with someone like me. Um, but for 2021, 20, uh, you know, I always talk about the enemy at the door. I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, unfortunately, you know, uh, those that follow these men on this panel, they, they're going down the right pathway. But for those that follow some of the others, they're the ones that are the dangerous ones that got to be careful about because, these are the ones that are taking you away from your name. They're taking you away from your bloodline. They're taking you away from your legacy. And they're trying to put words into you. I mean, I, they got these guys right now telling these young men not to jerk off, uh, to to have enough energy to, I guess, talk to a woman or something. I, I don't know. They're just like coming up with, with things all the time that a lot of young men, and this is going to be the problem for 2021, is that, a lot of the young men love the easy pathway. And I, I know a lot for a lot of us, we were before the internet. So that's what makes this is really great. Cause a lot of us came before the internet. So we've seen the hard times we've seen, you know, having to go up the mountain both ways, so to speak, to be able to uh, function as a man. So for the men that have been before the internet, this is just a walk in the park. I think someone was mentioned about AJ. Uh, it's always been this way. It's, this is how it is. It's just that we've been blinded by having everything come to us real fast. Uh, just, you know, we can press a button and we can get information. We can press a button and get food. We can just press a button, press a button, press a button to where these young men started to get so comfortable. They started to follow those that want to keep them comfortable instead of keeping them uh, feeling like, oh, no, that, you know, I got to look to myself to be something greater than what I am. And the last thing I want to say is that, you know, the, the good thing about this group of men is that we are here to show every young man out there, and as myself as well, that you are the only one of your kind. And I always say this. You look at your fingerprint, you are the only one of your kind in this world. It's how you see yourself before anybody can see you any, old, any other way. So as long as they have men that are telling them, it's not, it's not going to be uh, rainbows and sunshine. Sometimes it's going to be a punch in the chest. But the most disingenuous thing you can do that, you know, others are doing is that they are pulling these young men away from who they are, their name and stuff. And they're just trying to give them a word, a phrase, a thought process. You know, now I won't say that I always say whole pergamy. I always say whole pergamy. I won't say the word. I always say whole pergamy. <laughs> but when when you have people like that that will use that word to scare you into running away from yourself, that is where the problem comes in at. And then when you have men like us that are trying to show you how to be a man, it kind of goes against the grain and, he, and it kind of confuses the individual. So, you know, it, it's, it, it's just always going to be the Justice League, our side, versus the Legion of Doom, their side. And it's just up to the person whether they want uh, quick fixes versus their authentic thing, man. Very well put, Steve. I love it. That that just sums up at the end there, I think, uh, some of the main timeline history of the entire Manosphere. Mm-hmm. From day one in the 90s, Ross Jeffries and Alan Roger Curry, all these guys, the mystery to now, it's quick fixes versus like deep work 
fundamentals, understanding women, understanding yourself, being a man, that, that kind of intellectual civil war has been going on forever. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's ever going to end or resolve itself or whatever, but it, it leads me to a great question. We can start with Phil, wherever wants to get, jump into it. So Tony Bruno the other day asked Coach Greg Adams, how has the manosphere failed men? And I want to end on that question individually for the panel uh, for today's show. We'll kind of go through one by one. So how has the manosphere failed men, if it has? I don't want the question to be loaded. You can disagree. But how has it failed men in your view? Let's start with Tony Bruno, the man who asked the question. Top question. Well, I've asked that question a few times, and boy, that's a difficult question even for me. But I think it's, I think it's for me, it's a simple answer. Um, I, I want to align with what Coach Greg said about when guys enter the manosphere, a lot of times it's through trauma. So what happens with trauma? You start looking for content or looking for someone to help you with that trauma. And I don't want to say that you're a weak man, but you might be a man that is in some pain, a divorce, a breakup, something like that. But I think it's important that when you're when you enter the manosphere, you enter the right part of the manosphere that's for you at that time. So if you're coming out of a divorce, you might not, you don't want to maybe be in that pickup corner of the manosphere, but that pickup corner is going to want to keep you there. So you might want to go to somebody like Coach Greg where, or Steve the Dean, um, where it's about being a man. It's about taking control of your life. And then once that is, is, is handled, then you can move maybe to that you know, learn how to interact with women again if you've been in a marriage. But I think the manosphere pulls guys into a certain corner and won't let them out. And a lot of guys get stuck in that corner and won't come out of that. And a lot of guys, I think, don't think for themselves. They take everybody's word as as this is this is the word of God. This is mm-hmm. this is what I have to do where I don't, I think a lot of content creators don't give you an option to go anywhere. You're in that corner and that's it. If you're not, if you leave this corner, well, you're this, you're that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of where the manosphere and content creators and things like that have, have failed men a bit. Love it, Tony. It really, the word that comes to mind from what you just said is hyper tribal. It's like tribal to the point of absurdity. Like you don't even, oh, I'm MGTOW. I'm never anything else. Or I'm Red Pill community. I'm never anything else. And fuck everyone else. Yeah, it's stupid. I love it. Next. Yeah, I'll jump on this real quick. I think that the manosphere has failed men in several different areas. Uh, the first one is not staying on topic. I and mean, basically, you know, before all this virus crap blew up, and politics and everything else and Trump and everything else, there was some quality content being put out by gentlemen in the manosphere, content creators, however you want to call them. And it's like they shifted their message from directing a positive approach for gents to straighten their lives out, whether it's suffering through a divorce and figuring out how to come out on the other side in one piece or half a piece at least, raising your kids, dating, whatever it is, to now it's all about politics and masks. Okay? That's why I've tweeted several times, stay on topic. It's really been disheartening for me this year to watch the quality of gentlemen beat these drums of something they can't even control, right? So it's like, oh, you need to uh, be the oak. 
you need to be stoic. But here you are reacting over something you have no control over. And that is a concerning thing for me because there's a lot of guys, a lot of men, especially that are looking up to these content creators because let's, let's face it, they've built themselves a solid platform. Um, they've got a solid following and they're kind of just kind of left holding the bag, so to speak. Right. And it's tough. Um, where they could get information on how to navigate a, a situation they're in through experience of an older gentleman, like one of us on this panel. Um, now they're getting information on vaccines. Dude, you're not a vaccine specialist. You're a guy that's survived divorce and can help another man get through it. You're a, you're a father and this is how you become a better father. I'm a pastor. This is how I am building churches, you know, things, things to that nature. I think that a lot of men are just kind of left holding the bag. And I feel inside that basically these young men, especially the young ones, and I'm here to tell you the younger generations, we're talking anywhere from 16 to 20 are, are freaking weak. And I've had a good test of that this year because my daughter, she supported the football team and then we went to the playoffs. They lost, they lost. And these, these boys were crying over losing a football game. <laughs> right. You're a senior in high school. What are you crying for? This is great. Texas, Texas attitude. You know, and so the, the way I look at this is hardness matters. And these, especially the younger generations that are looking up to older gentlemen. Um, if you're listening to this now, or if you listen to this in the future, align yourself with men that have been through the experiences you're suffering through right now, because that's the only way you're going to figure your way through a situation, you can't go around it. Um, men that speak from experience and tested hands have far more information than any gum road course you can buy. And that's, that's where I feel that the manosphere has failed men in this year specifically. I noticed that this year more than any. Yeah. It's been a huge stress test this whole year for everybody, including the manosphere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Earlier, earlier in the show, I don't know if it was you or someone else, they mentioned that too, though, that it just, oh, it was Zach maybe, the abundance people. Oh, the abundance, the abundance. And then all of a sudden the abundance disappeared. The account went private. Yeah, it's like it's like all the, the abundance was just decadence dressed up as abundance. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah well, well, I'll go. It was, I think uh, what's happened is, is that uh, what's failed the manosphere is that you have a lot of males in men clothing. They've got a lot of males that portray and act like they're men. You have a lot of kids out there. They just, a lot of people going for the money bag instead of the information. They're sitting around saying, you know, little kids that just got out of high school, their nuts haven't even dropped from their stomach, and they're trying to tell other people how to be men uh, by, you know, not, not getting married and not having kids and not pushing legacy and not pushing name. Um, they want you to learn their language, their thoughts, their actions, their way, learn my language and all this other stuff where they're not teaching valuable uh, values, beliefs, principles. They're not teaching character. They're not teaching uh, tendencies. They're not teaching dreams. They're not teaching how to go after what you want. They're not teaching how to have stand on your laws, your rules, your codes, your principles, your narratives, your mission statement, your legacy statement. They're not teaching any of that. They're teaching you, let's go ahead and blame. Let's put the blame on women. Let's blame the flowers, the trees, 
Let's blame the clouds. Let's blame everybody else. But let's not look in the mirror. Let's just keep looking out the window and let's and, and not be a man. So it, it's it's a it's, it's like an internal war that we're going through because we a lot of us are being seen as the bad guys for giving the honest truth versus the ones that don't know anything. They want to sit there and say, well, I'm the truth. Don't follow this guy. Don't follow that guy. Look at him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, my God, he's married. Oh, my God, he has kids. Oh, my God, he's a hat. Oh, that's lies. That's not true because the world doesn't work that way. So uh, I think it's failed because people are taking the word manosphere and they're using it for their own agenda. And that, I feel, is one of the problems, man. Um, so I, I don't know if I want to talk about failures as much as weaknesses that I see in the manosphere. Probably an easier way to tackle it. So I didn't come into the manosphere because of any particular problem for me personally. I'm just trying to help men in the churches. And, uh, and I found out that they were going to these sources. So I wanted to understand it. And I found a lot of it to be helpful. Uh, I'd say two weaknesses I noticed is one I call the Aspergian tendencies of manosphere. <laughs> so it's like, it seems like these people are on the, uh, the spectrum. They're very precise about their labels. Like if someone calls me purple pill, look, dude, I don't care. What do I care about your label? None of that stuff matters to me. And they have these um, purple pill, this pill, that pill, and MGTOW, and, and these labels that they're very, you know, concerned about. And that's something, it's just this really precise way of, of dealing with ideas that isn't healthy and good. And, and, and I think it's because people that are kind of socially awkward and tend that way are drawn into the manosphere to try to find ways to relate to uh, other men and women. The other thing is that the manosphere has uh, kind of reflects what it was founded on, which is PUA, which is a short-term sexual strategy. It's a way to get a woman to sleep with you more or less, right? It's not a long-term strategy at all. And so a big problem that I've seen in uh, a lot of sectors of the manosphere is that it's kind of like what Steve was saying about it. It's not about legacy, uh, long-term goals, you know, that it's all really small. And that's not a, you know, people are basically most sectors of the manosphere is like a, the red pill is like a semester. It's not, it's not a, it's not a four year degree. It's so, it's so small and narrow minded. And that's why these groups can't sustain themselves really. Cause they, they, they just get people stuck on the same content over and over. You know, I, I went over and looked at another channel. I was curious to see what their, their show titles were, but it's the same old, same old crap that you've seen. Uh, repackaged in the red uh, red pill community over and over again. You wonder, are these people growing past this? You know, are these are these people getting a wife? Are they having children? Are they building businesses? Do they have any sort of legacy at all? And uh, so, I guess if purple pill means that uh, I have a happy marriage and a lot of kids and a farm and lots of influence, I, you know, I'm I'm in charge of a church of 120 people that's four weeks old. Okay. So uh, some of these guys lecture me on leadership, but I'm like, dude, leadership on a, a YouTube channel? I mean, good for you. You've built a following, but what, what's the reality of your life? And don't you want more than that? So I think one weakness is just this very small Bergian way of going at life that I'd like to see it grow past that. And I think it is. I mean, this panel, you, you, you hear the conversation we're having here. I think, uh, honestly, I'd part with you a little bit, Phil. <clears throat> I'd push back a little bit is that part of being a man is having uh, opinions about things that people are concerned about so we can lead them through that. So uh, understanding what's going on politically and with vaccines and all that stuff, we, you, uh, and maybe what you're talking about is people are just going overboard and freaking out. 
but uh, we have to be able to make decisions because soon, you know, it's not just our kids that we have to decide for their vaccine, but our friends are looking to us for guidance and, and who they should and shouldn't trust. And so I think it's good for us to teach men how to think at the next level. But first, take care of yourself and then build out from there. So. All right. Excellent monologue. Next up, we still have, uh, I think, Bruno, John, and Zach, right? I'll jump in here. So what I would say the biggest thing is is that uh, biggest failure is is promoting the victim mindset, the victim mentality, right? It, it echoes a lot of what, what a lot of other men have said on this panel, which is that I, I see so many people blaming someone else, blaming women, blaming society, not looking. Like as men, it doesn't matter, right? There's too much of a focus, I think, in the men's sphere about what other people are doing. I don't give a fuck what other people are doing. It doesn't, it doesn't change your responsibilities. What makes you a man isn't how successful you are in relation to other people or how you're perceived. It, it is what you are. It's what you accomplish and, and what you become yourself. And that's where the focus should be, right? I feel like there's a lot of content. There's a lot of people that are stroking people's egos when, when they need to be called up to be a man, right? If you think about rites of initiation, you know, back in the, in the tribal days and whatnot, it wasn't, there, there was no blaming other people. The, the only thing that mattered was what you needed to do. The, all of it was on you, right? Going through the trials of becoming a man. It was something that you earned and it was hard to do. They, they didn't have trials of, you know, tribes that initiated men they didn't say, oh, come over to our tribe. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. <laughs> 